Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts. It can be found on page 1,692 in your pew Bible. Starting at chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then moving to verse 40. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In light of those words from Acts, our text is, is from Matthew 9, where Jesus says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. People of God, it's good to come together and see the work of the Spirit, especially in the lives of those who made profession of faith. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and we know it as a day that remembers the pouring out of the Spirit. That's what it stands for in our understanding. The wind, the fire, and the people speaking in different languages, bringing the good news of the gospel. And as that took place, 3,000 people responded in faith. This morning, we had three people 
responding in faith. But that's the part that's continuing that work of the Spirit. And so we see evidence of that work even here as people respond to the preaching of the gospel through the ministry of the church and the Spirit brings them to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus. This morning, just for a moment, as we think about Pentecost, I want to have Pentecost remind us, you and me again, of how the Spirit wants to work in and through us to bring others to faith in Jesus. That focus, that's the goal of Pentecost. That's the goal of the coming of the Spirit. That's God's mission to save the lost, to bring those who don't know him into a saving relationship with him in Jesus Christ. And Pentecost, that's what it's all about. So we see that this morning in, in the actual profession of faith. I want you to see it in the text as we read it from Acts 2. And it would have been obvious to the first readers. When Luke wrote Acts, he, he wrote it to people who would have caught something that we often don't catch as we are looking at this passage, especially Acts 2 verse 1. Acts 2 verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost came. When the day of Pentecost came. Well, well, Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit comes, right? And so this was the first Pentecost day? That's not what it's saying. When the day of Pentecost came, is giving an insight into there was another special day in the understanding of the people, a day called Pentecost, that really had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit at all. So when that day came, and like us, okay, we think Pentecost coming with the Holy Spirit, the people then had something else in mind. What else did they have in mind? Do you know? They had something very different in mind. A day came along for them that, that they, they were celebrating. And that day was like a thanksgiving day. It was a day like we have in the fall. When we come together after the harvest and we have Thanksgiving and we have our big Thanksgiving meal, we remember, we give thanks for God, God allowing us to bring in the harvest. And so we also have a special day, a Thanksgiving Day service here. And then we have our family together. And, and this, this is what they were thinking about. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of... Pentecost came. Well, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving Day. And sure, they were excited, and, and the people had to come together, and it was part of the Bible's instruction, God's instruction to the people to have that day, and on that day to remember God's provision. And, and so we do that on Thanksgiving Day. And people brought offerings like we do on Thanksgiving Day. They would bring generally two loaves of bread, 
as a response from the harvest, from the grain harvest. They would bring some fresh bread. And then in Jerusalem, during, during that time too, they would celebrate God's goodness, God's provision for them. It took place 50 days after the Passover, which was the, the, uh, another central feast. But, and that's why it's called Penta, Penta meaning 50. And so the people would come together and bring these offerings of the harvest. So the question is, why does Jesus choose? Because he's, he said to the disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait, and I will pour out the Holy Spirit, and they wait 10 days. And then on this day, on Pentecost Day, Jesus pours out the Spirit, very deliberate. Just like Jesus dies on Good Friday, which is the Passover day, which has a whole Old Testament meaning of a lamb who would be sacrificed to forgive the sins of the people. And then on that day, and then Good Friday, Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. There's a connection between the Old Testament day and what God is doing in Jesus. And here again, there's a connection between... God pours out the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. It's a harvest festival. And it means the harvest, the harvest is beginning. That the pouring out of the Spirit is when the harvest starts. And by the Spirit, many people will be drawn to faith and drawn into faith. And that's why our text, too, from Matthew, the harvest is there. Now, let me, let me suggest two reasons why Pentecost, uh, the pouring out of the Spirit, is on Pentecost. It has that theme of harvest. The first thing is that at Pentecost, there are many, many, many more people in Jerusalem. The size of the city would grow from about 100,000 to 200,000 for these great feasts. And as we read, they come from all over the place. And so in Acts 2, verse 9 to 11, it lists all those places. And and Sue did a great job reading all those names. And those people come. They come to give thanks to God at this harvest feast. But, But the Spirit is poured out. So that the gospel can be proclaimed to these people and they could come to a true and saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's all about the harvest of souls, the harvest of people to come out of their sin and hopelessness into a saving relationship with Jesus. Like like Luke said too, coming back from China and, and seeing the hopelessness people have. And what is the answer? It's the gospel. That Jesus has died to forgive us and to give us hope and peace and joy again. And so that's what begins on Pentecost as the Spirit is poured out. Just like Jesus intended that gospel to be proclaimed, Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus, as, his, as he ascends in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Spirit's come, Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so that is working itself out here. As the Spirit is poured out, as the gospel is proclaimed in everybody's language, and then as they go back, then they, they, they have that truth of who Jesus is. And it's very likely 
I agree with the scholars who suggest that later on in Acts, when Paul travels from place to place, and he travels to many of the places mentioned here, and he encounters people who have heard about Jesus at Pentecost. And the response to the gospel builds. And that's, that's the purpose of the Spirit coming, that people would come to know who Jesus is and give their life to him. So the Spirit is poured out on Pentecost for that reason, first of all. It's a tremendous opportunity for the gospel to engage the lives and hearts of people. When we recognize that, first of all, on Pentecost, then we too, as people call to continue this work, we have to think too, how do we do that? How do we continue to bring that gospel to others, to welcome them into the family of faith? And so we try to do that. We try to take advantageous times. The day of Pentecost uh, was a time, a really good chance to do this. So we as a church think and pray about that, and we think, in the summertime, Vacation Bible School, we're going to do that because that's a really good time to invite people to come together to hear the Word of God and to be encouraged in the faith and to, to do that ministry. We do it in the summertime when people are available and we recognize the Spirit's call to. When is a good time? How could we bring that gospel message? And so we are going forward in that as well at this time. And as, uh, as we plan that too, I invite you as you are able to take part. Uh, Aaron is putting all the details together and we look forward to a wonderful ministry in the power of the Spirit again this summer at the end of July. One other example that I, I uh, encountered uh, just recently with the fires in Fort McMurray. And we're going to pray again this morning for those people and definitely what a struggle. So as we come alongside, beautiful to, to remember and to help in ways we can. We have our meal here and people come and are fed. And so in all of those ways, we try to, to be that love of Christ. But as, as we talk to these people, as we listen to these people, you, you find sometimes too, they're, they're talking and, and boy, it was lucky it was lucky my house wasn't burned, or something like that, right? And we would pause and say, well, well, we might see that a little differently, that, that it was actually the grace of God to you. And then even, even just to say with them too, like, like we, we, could say, we could say to them too, I can't imagine if I would lose everything, right? Have you felt that? As you see the pictures and as you talk to people, and, and you hear the stories, they lost everything. And then, and then to say to them too, and even to think of ourselves and to admit to ourselves too, what would I have if I lost everything? It would be difficult, absolutely. But, but I have the, the saving grace of God. I have the assurance that my Lord is with me and, and will help me and strengthen me. And my, my hope isn't in my possessions or my home or the things that I have. My hope is in his wondrous love and care. And then, and then we can share that with people too. And that's a real blessing to share the gospel and that as you think about these things, as you talk about people too, you can talk among yourselves, and I'm sure you have. You've talked with friends and neighbors. What about that Fort McMurray thing? 
And then they'll say, oh boy, that was terrible. And then, and then you might say to them, by the prompting of the Spirit, what would you do if you lost everything? And then they would say, yeah, that would be terrible. And then you could share with them that there is a hope beyond that, a hope of faith, a hope of trusting in God. And so the Spirit can lead us in, in all of these ways to be a witness to the work of Jesus, which is our central hope in all things. And on the day of Pentecost, we are reminded of that truth, that we are called to, to engage our culture, to engage people around us with the hope of the gospel. And to seek to do that lovingly, to share and to have people come to know that wonderful hope that we have. The second thing in relation to Pentecost, as we do that, as we think about that, recognize it is the Spirit that's poured out. And that as the Spirit is poured out, it, it is all about that new and greater harvest, the harvest of souls unto eternal life. And, and in understanding what's going on, let me just say finally, it's not, it's not you. It's not, it's not you that will change people's hearts and lives. It's not your excellent presentation. It's not our amazing VBS that we hope to put on. That just won't do it. It will have no effect. We have to realize that it is still the power of the Spirit. And we humbly seek to do our best, absolutely. And we mumble to our neighbors a little bit that we believe in God. It has to be the Spirit. And it will be the Spirit. The Spirit at work. Think about when in Acts 2 here, as, as Peter was speaking to the crowd, this was the crowd that had nailed Jesus to the cross. How many are you going to convert here? Zero. These are the people who don't believe. You can be sure of that. And Peter stands up. By the Spirit, he must have been shaking. He must have just, what, what, what's, and, and even what, what did he expect? Maybe expect to be arrested, put in prison, and killed like Jesus. But all of this goes on in the power of the Holy Spirit. So your work, my work, our work together as church, all of the things that we wonder about and the mess that we make of our lives and of our churches, it has to be the Spirit. And that's the comfort on Pentecost. 3,000 were saved. 3,000. Unheard of. Amazing. And that continues to be the work of ministry as Paul goes to the Gentiles when through the book of Acts he brings that good news. That confidence, not in himself, Often he says, too, uh, I, I can't really speak well, and I'm not sure what's going on, but God, by the Spirit, touches and changes hearts. And that's what we celebrate this morning, and we are still part of that work, and we can do it in confidence in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, too, apart from the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, 
No one can declare that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. The Spirit has to change hearts and lives. And so we take that again as the wonderful grace of God to us as we try to do this ministry, as we try to invite people in, as we try to work and encourage with them, them and, and share the gospel with them. The Spirit, the Spirit changes hearts and lives. And we can trust in Him. So that's part of our vision again, our harvest vision. And so you notice on our bulletin too, we have as part of the welcome on the bulletin, if you don't have a church home, you are welcome here. That's our inviting the Spirit to have you come and join us as we seek to serve God together. That's the call we want to have. And as you go out, you'll see a sign above the door that we go out to make disciples for Jesus, seeking to share the gospel and to draw people into faith in him. And that's, that's our mission field right here. Just declaring in actions, in words, that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would give us the vision again, inspire us again this Pentecost Sunday to be your witnesses, Lord Jesus, in this place to those around us. Many are lost. Many have never even heard. Use us in our words and actions to reach out. By your power, soften hearts, turn lives to the truth of your love, even and especially in this time in our province with the economic hardships, with the fire, when people are wondering and asking questions. May we humbly provide help and give answers about the true hope and the life that you give. That our real security is not in our possessions, but in belonging to you, Lord Jesus, our faithful Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.